0: Welcome to the 10th ever episode of the Miles Offside podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nothing. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy from Afar, and with me on this very special occasion, as always, is my co-host, Chuck Bailey. Hi. Hey, Chuck. How you doing? Very well, mate. How are you? Good, good. Get excited. Uh, We are heading to Paris in about 24 hours, my wife and I i um, really excited to head over to Europe and see some cool stuff, and nice. uh, hang out with maybe you a little bit, but no oh. spoilers for later on in the episode. Um, and with us, as always, on the other line is super producer Ian Stimson. How are you doing? You well? Yeah, I'm great, man. I'm great. I got a fresh haircut today, so we're all sporting the, the buzz cut look, and uh, some rumors that Chelsea might actually make some signings today, so it's actually kind of an exciting exciting day how about you how's peter doing
1: peter beat bristol rovers got off to a winning start so i'm, I'm feeling Ayo. good i'm feeling good good start good start nice so uh so this week
0: we're gonna try to start getting more towards our regular season format um as you probably all know game week one is this weekend so we're gonna go through a bit of news first so we're gonna kick off the episode with some news um then we'll go through our main topic for the week, which for this week is going to be fantasy premier League and draft fantasy um so a bit of a sidetrack from our usual topics and then we will uh take a look at the upcoming fixtures
2: how's that sound to you boys sounds good sounds turns like we've got a format we're almost like we've been doing this
0: for a little while
2: uh ah, well this is this is episode ten it's it's very symbolic we're in double figures now.
0: Uh, so hang on, I got I got an air horn ready to go.
1: Oh, hello. <laughs> there you go. That's the episode ten air horn. Very excited. If you want to send me that, I'll drop it in properly, Oscar. Right, cool.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's just an app, so. All right. Let's just yeah, no, just leave it as that. Leave it. As okay. That. Fine. <laughs> Don't use the talents of a sound engineer. Just crudely <laughs> hold an app up to a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I feel like it's true to, true to, true to our spirit, you yeah. know. All right, so looking at the news, big news today is that
2: Adama Troyore has signed for Wolves. Biggest story of the day, is that right, Chuck? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so big. Um, yeah, overrated signing, a little bit. I don't, I don't, I don't know why is everyone going so crazy. Like I've seen a Adam play and knew about him before Palace played him and was absolutely terrified and then i watched him and realized like he's really really fucking fast and that's about it
0: yeah yeah i mean i don't i haven't really seen him that much i have read a ton of articles about how much of an amazing dribbler he is um and his stats are through the roof like his take ons per 90 and his successful
2: dribbles per 90 and all that but i mean i mean if if you're Usain Bolt and you take a ball and smash it past someone and then just blazing run like, it's quite easy to have successful take-ons and, and dribbles. Yeah, actually,
0: speaking of Usain Bolt, that was one of the headlines I saw, is that he is excited about joining Australia's Central Coast Mariners for an indefinite <laughs> trial period. No way! He's actually yep. got... <laughs> yeah, that's the headline. On, I didn't click the article, but that is the headline on the BBC football page.
2: <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so I'm sure his stats will be on all the lists next year. Hey, yeah. yeah, fuck me. How many million does Usain Bolt go for? Should we, should we do random transfer generator now? <laughs> yeah, right. Wait, we're not the Daily Mail, all right? We're not making up news stories for no reason. <laughs> I wonder what Dave will think of that. Listener Dave Mateo, um, as a Melbourne Victory fan, how he feels about Usain Bolt sprinting at Victory.
0: Ooh, that's a deep cut knowledge of our listeners there.
2: I knew he was Australian,
0: but I had no idea where. Uh,
1: Chuck, Chuck takes a deep personal interest in every one of you. Yeah, i like to follow you all parked outside your house
0: (laughs) oh that was you
2: go through your bins
0: (laughs) uh
2: by the way thanks dave for
0: all the dealing with all the shit on twitter of all the people dming you incessantly after last week's episode we do yeah nice
2: job nice job just in case you didn't listen last week um we've made some predictions so if you send who you think is gonna win the golden boot uh how many goals there's gonna be in the premier league how many cards who's gonna win the champions league Um, Just send that to Dave Mateo, at Dave underscore Mateo on Twitter. (laughs) Yep. Please DM him as much as possible.
0: I'm sure he loves it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Um, So actually the big stories for the last 24 hours have been my beloved Chelsea and all their goings on as the end of the transfer window rapidly approaches. Um, It doesn't seem like there's many other teams doing much, um there's a couple of rumors about let's say Pogba leaving for Barcelona actually so maybe let's start there before we go to Chelsea um Pogba to Barcelona is that happening or is that not happening Stimmers go
1: I don't know is this a is this a Mourinho driven thing or is this a Pogba driven thing I don't I can't really work this one out what do you think
2: um I think it's bullshit
1: you think it's just total um,
2: bullshit. Yeah, and I think as much as we said like Mourinho capitulating and third season and United being a bit of a mess at the minute for people, I literally, I just think this is media jumping on the bandwagon. And I think it's someone so easy that Mourinho's criticized in the past and someone who just had an amazing World Cup for the for the papers just to latch on and go, Oh, well, yeah, Pogba's gonna go. And then because in this transfer window as well. It's the first time, obviously, it ends before the season starts, but teams from abroad can still bid on English players and still potentially buy them, so players can still be sold. So it's just another, I think it's just another column spinner for a couple of weeks.
1: So this one can run for a couple of weeks, yeah?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I was trying to trace the origin of the rumor to see where it came from because there's always, like, one newspaper that reported it first. Yeah, We couldn't find anything of any note whatsoever, so it does kind of scream fake transfer rumor to me. Um, And especially, as Chuck was just saying, with the British clubs closing the window two weeks before anyone else. If they sell someone now, they don't have time to replace them. So all those rumors of players leaving for Barcelona, especially like Willian and Pogba. um, Aldo Verreld has been linked with a couple of clubs abroad. I just don't see those clubs being willing to sell those players when they won't have time to turn around and replace them. Um, So to me, if he hasn't gone by tomorrow, he's not going to go. Even with Fred having come in, like, those are apples and oranges, so
1: I don't... But Mourinho was bigging up Fred as a big creative player, wasn't he? Yeah, he
2: was saying Pogba was more physical and Fred was more creative. So, I mean, again, that could be another thing that they're clutching at to try and drive a wedge. But, you know, you can have centre midfields where one's more physical, one's more creative, or one's slightly more defensive and one's attacking. Like, it's been shown to work. So, yeah, I I think it's bollocks.
1: So as a pod, we're shooting that one down, are we?
2: Yeah. yeah, I think that's a no. No go for me. Before we get to the actual
0: Community Shield, the other story is the debacle with Chelsea's
2: goalkeeping situation. Yeah. Um, who was What's the name of the guy they're trying to sign, Oscar? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> when it's a Hispanic name and even
0: I have trouble pronouncing it, you know the English media is going to have a fucking terrible time. Luckily, he's a goalkeeper and his first name is Keeper. Job done. So, Keeper. Works Lovely. perfectly. Very easy. Yeah. <laughs> we'll his last even name Paul no, Merson
2: couldn't fuck that one up.
0: <laughs> As Piliqueta looks at his last name and goes, "Fuck, man, that's hard to say." <laughs> I'm
1: going to call you John. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: We already have a Dave, so I don't
1: know.
2: It's bad. It's bad when you've got a longer name that also has more Z's in it than As <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
0: He's, it's uh, Ariza Balaga, or in Spanish, Arizabalaga.
1: Yeah, keeper. yeah.
0: But it's like, oh, yeah, just keep a. (laughs) I mean, that's so easy, too. Exactly. Um, But Chelsea are going to break the world record for a goalkeeper. 71 million pounds, 80 million euros. Um, And the reason for that is that Thibaut Courtois is a fucking shithead. (laughs) And he (laughs) refused to come back from summer vacation, which completely undermines the club's ability to do anything in the transfer market. Right? So now they're going to have to sell him for cheap. And they're going to have to overpay for whatever Keeper they bring in turns out is going to be Keeper because everyone else in the market knows that they're desperate. So,
2: you know, thanks for that, Tebow. I mean, who? Uh, I mean, can you honestly say you've never been on holiday and gone? You know what? I can't be bothered to go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> or when you've or when you've put the time off ho- off of work, booked like an extra three, four days that you're not going to be away, but you're going to tell people you're away. Yeah. Just come home and just like relax. Oh, yeah. Take a vacation from your vacation. Yeah, absolutely. No exactly. one from
1: your work listens, do they, Chuck? No? God, I hope not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, look, I'm not mad at Courtois for wanting to leave, um, especially to Real Madrid. Like, that's a dream move. I understand that they're a bigger team, they're a bigger club than Chelsea. Like, you have to be honest about that. And there are a lot of Chelsea fans who are like, oh, we're the biggest club in the world, mate. Like, no, we're not. That's fine. Real Madrid's bigger than us. Um, and Courtois' kids are in Madrid. Um, because when he was on loan at Atletico for three years, you know, he had kids, they go to school there, that's just where their lives are. So he misses his family. That all of that makes sense. But you gotta go about it in the right way. Like you can't just not show up. That's not like it's crazy. I don't know. what do you guys make of that? As outsiders, do you think I'm angry for being unreasonable or what's the deal?
2: Yeah, if if it if he has just refused to come back then he's a dick. And they're just gonna have the same situation they have with Conte
1: yeah yeah but this guy that you're uh, potentially getting in uh keeper, um, keeper keeper yeah so if i mean if you're talking about breaking the world record for him i mean he he must i don't know anything about him but he must be decent i mean two weeks ago i was hearing talk of casper schmeichel i don't
0: honestly know anything about him i'm not even going to pretend to but we've got I've... to
1: assume he's better than schmeichel or is that not something we can assume?
2: He's uh, he's a lot younger. I know that he's and he yeah, has he's twenty-three or twenty-two. Yeah, it's rumored that it's a seven-year contract. Yeah. So wow,
0: um, he is. He's twenty-three. He's coming from Athletic Bilbao. So I wonder to what extent the English Premier League fans and media and the whole culture overvalues foreign players to be like, oh well, we know Kasper Schmeichel. He's been in the Premier League for a long time. So we, he's a known quantity, whereas this guy is coming yeah. from the Spanish league. He must be really good if he plays in like that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, but honestly, I don't know anything about him. I didn't even look up his like rating in FIFA 18, so I couldn't <laughs> tell you how good he is.
2: <laughs> First thing everyone does, correct? Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, no, I mean, I don't. Honestly, I don't know anything about him. I'm assuming he's good because Chelsea could have gone for if they're gonna overpay an insane amount of money for a goalkeeper. They could go out and do do it with anyone, right? So like this guy yeah. must be good. At the very least, he's young and good, which always you know you're yeah. investing in the future there. Um, did did you look up Arizabella
2: guy? <laughs> his FIFA rating? Um, I could look it up, mate, but I cannot fucking spell his name. So
0: A R R
2: I Z A. Oh, look at that! It comes up comes up on uh, on Google seventy seventy nine
1: oh all right well <laughs> that's not great <laughs> how uh how well researched are these fifa ratings i remember like uh everton and a few other clubs used football manager ratings for a long time i mean are these uh, they're pretty pretty decent are they yeah well football
2: manager more than fifa football yeah. manager yeah, genuinely football manager do get sure. contacted by like lower league clubs and and have reported as using football manager for scouting yeah um, not only that, but I think Football Manager has been cited as grounds for divorce in like forty-eight <laughs> has, times has, in yeah, the English is. civil courts. Yeah, so that's great.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I I stay far away from Football Manager. I'm a FIFA only kind of guy because I know once I do open up that Pandora's box, there is no going.
1: Oscar, back. we would never see you again. It's yeah, I'm it's, sure. I know it's serious. So
2: much stats. Yeah. Oh I love stats. my Don't god! Talk I used to me. love
1: it so much. <laughs> i've I've been off it since 2015
0: good for you is there a 12-step program for that or yeah I've got,
1: I've got my tokens or whatever it is yeah my chips
0: um yeah wow 79 that's not great <laughs> oh, so it's a really huge step down out, from
2: we? 90 yeah that <laughs> takes the wind out of my sails don't worry mate you got rob green there
0: uh, of course I, know, I think willy caballero is like a 79 also it's not that far off <laughs> so like that does not fill me with hope but uh Especially now that we're going to be playing a high line, new defensive system with a very attacking coach. Like,
1: woo! Sell your Chelsea defenders now. I'm not even considering them.
0: Well, that's depressing. Let's uh, go ahead and move on from the goalkeeper stuff and uh, talk about a little bit about the Community Shield. Which, speaking of depressing, Chelsea got <laughs> beaten by Man City 2-0, uh, to zero, I believe, was the scoreline. And thoroughly, thoroughly outplayed... Um, Did you guys catch that match? Anybody watch that?
2: Yeah, I I watched it, and City just looked very slick. Um, Like, well, not, obviously, their world-beating best, but just for a team that have only played a bit of preseason, I I think their performance was amazing. And I was surprised, actually, how it seemed quite easy that Mahrez just gelled into that team. Um, He was looking quite good and involved in a link-up play. Um, And Aguero, obviously, just... Yeah, nine scores goals.
0: Yeah, he did look really good, actually. Um, Mahrez, I mean. he It made me wonder to what extent he's going to be playing regularly this year, as opposed to just being a rotational um, bench option, because he looked fantastic out there. And I could see him... Like, I don't think it's a given that Sané is going to play over him, necessarily. I agree. Um, Because who are their wide players right now? They have Mahrez, they have Sané, they have Silva plays out wide usually, and Sterling bernardo but he's been sig- distinctly second choice
1: yeah but pep's been bigging him up really talking him up as if uh he's going to be playing every game
0: yeah i mean i wonder to what extent that is because are other really good players are going to be getting a late start given the world cup so he's just right. trying to get his confidence up when he's going to be playing regularly fair enough Though he did get a few fair amount of minutes at the end of last season yeah um and i do see him being like the successor to the david Silva role yeah um
2: well it's natural
0: yeah, it's Silva for Silva, right? But names aside, like he does provide a similar skill set, um, plays in the same kind of positions. It's a very much a like for like. Um, and as David Silva ages out, I could see Bernardo Silva just taking his spot, sliding right in. Um, and he looked pretty good in the community shield too. Uh, Stimmers, did you catch the match?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it was a bit frightening, I think. I, I They looked like a team who could defend a title not uh, not a problem really so yeah it was uh, I mean I I was I was thinking about you while watching the highlights cuz I was thinking this it doesn't look good for Chelsea this I mean you can't it's one match and it's essentially a friendly but yeah it didn't look good
0: yeah it didn't it didn't look good at all like there was there's really no uh, good things to say other than like again the fact that hopefully it'll get better when Hazard and Kanté are there I mean, it will get better with and Kante. They're two of the best players in the world. Um, but to the extent of like how much better will it be
2: uh, remains to be seen. Well, Kante seems like the perfect player for his system because the guy just doesn't get tired and just runs and runs and runs and runs. So that's why, like you saying earlier, Kante being the box-to-box, at this point, that makes sense because he's probably the fittest out of everyone. So like he can do that all game.
0: Mm, yeah, he's very
2: fit, especially when he's wearing a three-piece suit.
0: <laughs> or, is, uh, or is that not what you meant?
2: That's all. Uh <laughs> never mind. No, no. But um, I'll, I'll take it. Man, man's good-looking. Yes, he he's a handsome boy. He's so happy. There was a, there was a video. There was a video of him with his family. I think um, just after the World Cup, and they won. They went round, and they all just had like the exact same smile, like just from ear to ear. Like nothing could ever bother me. Like ah, oh, it was just so nice. It's lovely. Infectious
1: happiness.
0: Hmm. He is uh, my Chelsea jersey for this year. I always buy a new jersey at the beginning of every season, um, and I think very carefully about what player's name I'm going to get on the back. And this year, I got Inglekante. So,
1: <laughs> lest we forget your Torres Asia Trophy jersey. <laughs> I always think very carefully about the jersey I'm going to buy. Yep, did you not? Did that. you
2: not buy a Courtois community shield?
1: Uh,
0: top. <laughs> no that'd be a, that's a good collector's item though
1: <laughs> yeah just for bad i have you, a couple
0: yeah. of weird ones in there i have um to get completely sidetracked i have a michael ballack 2010 world cup jersey which uh, you guys probably won't remember this but he broke his ankle i think it was or his leg in the fa cup final that season it was actually his last game for chelsea because he, they sold him the next year and he was set to be the captain for Germany at that World Cup, his last ever World Cup, because he was getting up in, up in age, and his and then it's just his leg was done, and so I bought that jersey, and like a week later, he was out, and he never played for Germany again, and he never Wait, played for Chelsea what again. What the
1: fuck are you thinking, buying a Kante shirt? What are you thinking? You're yeah. the curse. <laughs> You're like the Madden curse, but for Chelsea players. Jeez.
0: Yeah. But enough about Chelsea, because I'm getting extremely sad talking about the transfers and the Community Shield. Let's go ahead and talk about fantasy. Uh, I prefer to live in a fantasy world than the one that we currently live in. So uh, Chuck, why don't you take (laughs) it away?
2: Yeah, move from depressing reality into fantasy games where we can all pick different players. So we just had, um, so Oscar and I were involved in a draft league um, draft last night, Uh, in fact. Obviously, not last night as you're listening to it, unless Ian's very quick on the re- release, um, which I have heard he is very quick on. Anyway,
1: <laughs> you've been
2: talking to my wife. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so for those unfamiliar with um, the draft format, because obviously it's, it started to come over here uh, a couple of a couple of years ago, really quite more predominantly. And obviously draft is a big thing in America um, across Loads of other sports, obviously in like the NFL and um, Major League Baseball and basketball. So, Oscar, can you give like kind of a a thirty second rundown of what draft is compared to like normal fantasy Premier League?
0: Yeah. So, in fantasy Premier League, you have a budget and you buy players for a certain price. And hypothetically, you could have the exact same lineup as two other guys in your mini league, or five other guys in your mini league, if you all make the same choices. But in draft, if I take Sergio Aguero, then no one else gets to have Sergio Aguero. So each player only occurs once in a league, and so you have to spread out your picks uh, more strategically. You can't just say like, oh, I'll have Aguero because he's great, or I'll have Kane because he's great. One person gets Kane, so now you have to be willing to take, you know, a From Wolves, (laughs) let's say. I know Chuck's going to pick him up the moment we stop recording. Um, Because there's obviously a finite amount of players, and so as the picks go and go, you have to know more and more obscure players to be able to succeed. Um, And then instead of just accumulating points over the course of the season, what you do is you play head-to-head. So let's say I'm playing Chuck this week. The guys on my team score a 75. Chuck's team scores a 72. I win, so I get three table points, just like you would in the actual Premier League for a win. One point for a draw, zero points for a win. Whoever has the most points in the table at the end of the season wins the league. Um, So last night we had our draft. Um, I was drafting from the fifth position. Chuck, you were drafting from... Uh, Eighth. Eighth. In a league of ten people. So one of the other things that goes into draft fantasy is the size of the league, depending um largely determines how deep of a knowledge base you have to have about players if you're playing in a league with only let's say eight guys you're all gonna have star-studded teams if you're playing in a league of 12 guys like we did last year in the gaffer tapes Taga league then you're gonna have to end up picking up like a lot of guys from promoted teams or take punts on like rotation risk guys we were
1: digging deep by the end
2: oh yeah definitely like if you think about it based on what you said before like fantasy premier league it's very easy to think that like most people will have, I'd say there's probably a pool of about forty, fifty players that are in pretty much everyone's team.
0: Yeah, if even um, that many, really.
2: Yeah, and then if you if you do a ten team league, um, you're going to go down to like the one hundred and sixtieth person because you pick like sixteen players. So similar to FPL, obviously you obviously have your starting formation and then but you have five on your bench, um, and these you can like drop in each week. But um, yeah, you go down to like the 160th pick in theory, like the 160th highest scoring player. Now, if you look at it in terms of positions, you're going to take the 40th highest scoring striker at one point, which I think like if you're going to be taking, I don't know, like Peter Crouch or something in your FPL team, you're probably not. I mean, obviously now because he doesn't play in the Premier
1: League. I had Crouch for a little while last year. You did. (laughs) I really did, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) jesus
2: um but yeah so like oscar said you just have to deep dig a lot deeper and you take a few more punts and you know some players that that might not um necessarily come off but at the start you know it's very much a kind of star-studded affair of all the great players go and you'll find even by like round three you're a bit like oh god like i'm picking this person now Mm -hmm. as like my third player
0: yeah yeah especially depending on where you are like if you have first pick I think a lot of people think to themselves, oh, sweet, I get to pick the best player in the league, which is pretty much always going to be Salah in drafts mm-hmm. this year. That's how I win in our league. But then, by the time you're picking your second player, you're the 20th pick. So all the other, like, superstar players are gone. Whereas yeah. for me, drafting at fifth, I get the fifth best guy, but then it comes around again relatively quickly. Um, So I get to have two... Like, I don't have Salah, but my first pick was Eden Hazard, which, especially in draft, because the other thing that's different is the points system is a lot higher scoring. You get points for a lot more things than just goals and assists. So, like, something like successful dribbles or chances created or shots on target. Um, all that sort of stuff is going to get you points. So, Hazard is actually a beast yeah. in draft. Um, so, yeah. getting him at fifth is great.
2: Yeah, definitely. And draft. So the the extra things that you get scored on is kind of uh, to compare it to FPL. It's all of the things that go into making like bonus points.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The bonus point system very strongly correlates with your draft points, um, which I know is a hot point of contention with a ton of people about like, oh, the bonus point system is broken because blah 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 got the three bonus points. Um, but to me, it does accurately measure which players are contributing to a victory. Um, I think that FPL managers have this mindset of, you know, if this guy scored two goals, he should be getting three bonus points. Mm. Whereas in the bigger picture of like the actual analysis of the game, just because someone is the one that happened to be on the end of two goals isn't doesn't necessarily mean that they were the best player on the pitch. Right? Yeah. Like if you look at perfect example in Barcelona in their prime, Xavi would have been a terrible fantasy pick. But he was arguably their most important player, him and Iniesta, um, before Messi really took off as the best player in the world, because they everything ran through them and everything was sort of possible because of Xavi. Um so he's the kind of player that draft and
2: the bonus point system picks up
0: a lot more than classic FPL does. Yeah,
2: yeah and it it gets a bit more exciting because it means that, you know, defensive midfielders like get a bit more love. Like someone like Kante, who's you know, he might get you, like, two, three points every week in fantasy and would then, you know, every so often get, like, an assist or a goal. Um, you know, he'll get you, like, two, three points every week. So he'll be kind of, like, a fourth or or even, like, bench rotation player or just someone to make up the numbers in um, FPL. Whereas in draft, like, because he's winning every ball, he's going past people, he's beating them, um, he can be an absolute points machine.
0: Yeah, so... N'Golo Kante is projected to have 300 points in, uh, in our draft league this year by their computer system or whatever. So for a bit of comparison, uh, Willian is projected as only having 291 points. So Willian, who's probably going to be starting pretty regularly for Chelsea, is going to get the same amount of points as N'Golo Kante. Um, whereas in traditional FPL, those two players yeah. would be you know night and day.
1: Also, the FPL bonus system seems to really um, punish negative actions, like even like shots off target or um, losing possession. So Salah, despite the despite the fact he was a high scoring player, lots of goals, lots of assists, he didn't pick up a great deal of bonus points because of the amount of shots he took that were off target or when he did lose the ball. Does does the draft games not punish as much?
0: Um, so. Taga didn't last year, which was one that all of us were using last year. Um, They went out of business, unfortunately. So we all switched over to this league called Fantrax, this site. Uh, We've never done it before, so we'll see what happens. But the cool thing about Fantrax was that we could customize the point values. um, So we could kind of set it to be if a player does bad things, it takes away points. Or you just kind of leave it at zeros and only does positive contributions. Okay. Um, I know one point of contention with Chuck in our group chat was that he had said he wanted it to take points away for missing penalties, which I yes. also agree with. But in Taga, that was not set up that way.
1: Right. So yeah, a player could make miss sense.
0: five penalties in a match and it wouldn't hurt their score last year.
1: Right. Okay.
2: Yeah, it's fucking mental. Missing a penalty is like one of the worst things you can do in football.
0: Yeah, I, I agree completely.
2: Um, I don't actually
0: remember where we ended up with this league as far as missing penalties. I think it's a negative score, I'm pretty sure. But that but that is the cool thing. And at the same time, the more overwhelming thing is that there's so much more that goes into, like, who's a good pick? Why are they a good pick? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's necessary, too. Because if you're doing a draft league using the traditional scoring system, there's really only about 30 players that are particularly useful. Mm. Right? Like, or even 50 like like you were saying about the pool of players that you really want to have, like there's going to be twenty really good guys and then like another thirty serviceable guys. Mm-hmm. If you only have fifty good players in a league where two hundred spots have to be filled last season, there's twelve teams, so we t- went all the way up to one hundred and ninety-two players active in the league. If it's only goals and assists, sure that simplifies it, which is great for FPL, but that's going to be really boring and not going to be anybody good to pick up
2: after like the first or second round in draft. Yeah, what we're saying is FPL draft is shit.
1: Yeah, they've not got that format right. Definitely,
2: no, because
0: they need to change the scoring system.
2: Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't work. It's not as exciting. And one of the big things with obviously it being a draft as well is the actual draft night. Um, like it's so much fun and it's really exciting because obviously there's time limits that you can pick and then you know obviously I'd assume you're doing it with some mates so you can have like some good chat about you know. Why the hell has this person picked up them there? You can meet up and go around someone's house, have a house party out of it, because it takes, you know, it takes a couple of hours. Um, yeah. But it's, whereas picking your team in FPL is sitting there for hours and hours and hours pouring over it. This one, like, you go with your gut so much.
1: And you it's have to. so much fun. Yeah. It's, the, it's a proper social activity as well. That, that night we had uh, last year where most of us met up and Oscar Skyped in for the draft. As you say, we had twelve teams going. It was so much fun, and like the gamesmanship that was going on with people, just sort of coaching people through what pe- what players to pick or what players not to pick, and then the next round picking up those players was just yeah. absolutely brilliant. It was it was such a good laugh.
2: Just psyching people out, going, "Yeah, take Wilshire, take Wilshire. He's a really good pick in the sixth round. Take take Wilshire." Just disclaimer: Jack Wilshire is not a good pick in the sixth round. No, he didn't don't even take get Jack drafted in our league. Um, <laughs>
0: Last night, I spent the entire night trying to convince people to pick up Joe Hart. <laughs> Just every five minutes, like, take Joe Hart. Joe Hart's still available. You got it. And like, I was clearly joking, but at a certain point, that does start to creep into people's heads until so you get to the 15th round, and they're like, yeah. you know, Joe Hart is there.
1: If you've got... I don't know how long you guys did it last night, because I didn't do the draft last night, but if you've got 60, 90 seconds to pick, and you've not kept up with what's happened in the last round, particularly because you've been chatting, whatever then you proper panic because you're like, shit, who's gone? Who hasn't gone? You look at it and then you just go, oh, I don't know, crouch. And it's like, <laughs> 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 So it, it, it was, yeah, it was really fun. And, um, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting format. And uh, talking of which, um, rather than do like listeners questions at the end, I might as well just weave them in. Um, Queen Banger on Twitter said, uh, what is the perfect order to draft for positions? Um, so okay. would you sort of rotate it forward, then mid, then defence? Would you get all your forwards early? And when do you get your goalkeepers?
2: Yeah, it's a really, really good question. Um, it, it sounds a bit like copping out, but it's really tough because, like we said, it does depend on where you're drafting. Um, I don't mean the location, by the way, like <laughs> if, you're, if you're like in a swimming pool or in Somerset. Um, I mean, if if you're sort of first, then obviously you get, as Oscar said earlier, you get the pick of every single player in the game. So chances are, as is most cases this year, um, you're going to go for Mo Salah um, because obviously he had such a huge year, not just in FPL, but in draft last year. Um, and there does seem to be, especially in draft because of the um, positioning, there's quite a low percentage of really, really high end forwards. So, you know, if you, if you take, for example, our draft, so we had 10 people, um, eight forwards went in the first round and two midfielders, the two midfielders, KDB and Christian Eriksen. Okay. Then if you look at the second round, you then had one, two, three, four, five, six, we then had seven forwards and three midfielders. Um, and very quickly, you know, you go from forwards in the first two rounds of being, say, Mo Salah or Harry Kane or Romelu Lukaku or Raheem Sterling in sort of round one, round two, to going in the third round, someone taking Hung Min Son because they haven't been paying attention and didn't know he's going to the Asian games or whatever. But you know, you it's it's quite a steep drop-off. Whereas midfielders, you know, team a lot of teams now, because of the way they're built, will have one high class forward so I would say if you're sort of uh first off the bat you're probably going to take a forward then a midfielder um then later on in the draft you're probably going to go for forward forward um goalkeepers I mean I'm sure Oscar can chime in here but I didn't take a goalkeeper till the last round
0: yeah I, I I agree and I disagree Chuck with the things you said um I think you're right that uh in pointing out that there's a very, very steep drop-off after a short list of names in terms of the quality of forward that you get. So if you don't take a forward very early on in the draft, you're going to be running out, like, you know, Mitrovic as, like, your star main striker aye, guy. Aye, aye,
1: Was that, was that <laughs> hey. first pick Chuck, was it? Oh, no, I, 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 so. got him in
0: the, I got him in the league last oh, year. Oh, did why you? I said him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, you run the risk of ending up with, like, Peter Crouch as your main striker if you don't get someone early because they all do go quickly. And what, what you do want to look for, I agree completely, is the sort of cliff where from the 19th best striker to the 20th best striker, you're all of a sudden looking at 100 less points over the course of a season, whereas the midfielder pool will have a cliff at, like let's say, the 15th best midfielder and then another one at the 40th best. Um, and those aren't exact numbers. It changes every year. but yeah So you want to try to make good decisions based on who's left, But where I don't agree with you is that I do think it, to me, I put a much, much higher emphasis on sticking to my game plan as far as like, I am taking a midfielder in round three, even if there's an amazing defender who's going to outscore that midfielder by a hundred points over the course of a season. And like a lot of other people, this is, this is personal to me, but it has worked for me. I won the Gaffer Tapes League last year. I've won other leagues I've been in. I've been doing draft Premier League for four years now and I've won three out of those four seasons in the leagues that I've been in. So it works for me, but again, it doesn't work for everybody. But I do think that like, even if Azpilicueta is available in the third round, and he's going to get 350 points over the course of the season, and I take someone like Jesse Lingard, who's going to get 100 points less, but I think that there's good value there, and I'm determined to have a midfielder at that place, I will stick to my game plan, unless there's like an extreme example of like, holy shit, it's the fifth round and Alvaro Morata is still there. What the hell? I was going to take a defender, but I got to take him now. Like, It would take a lot for me to break away from my game plan. And so I tend to just be like, all right, forward, forward, midfielder, midfielder, forward, midfielder, and then a defender. I don't even look at defenders till like the sixth round. And I took a goalkeeper of the last round. I actually took Joe Hart
1: (laughs) 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 just to be a dick last year, last (laughs) night.
0: Um, And then immediately, as soon as the draft was done, dropped Joe Hart and picked up Matt Ryan from the waivers.
1: (laughs) But that's the thing, isn't it? Even even in a 12-team draft, um, even if you don't pick up a goalkeeper until your last pick, there'll still be semi-reasonable goalkeepers available, won't there?
0: Uh, Yes and no. It actually depends a lot on the makeup of your league. Last year, there wasn't that much of an uh, emphasis on the goalkeepers in the league we were in. Um, other than Joe Bloom, I think, had like three goalkeepers or something like that, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, and
2: he kept leaving the two that would score positively on his bench every time. He was like, mate. <laughs> well, that's, that was exactly my next point is, to me,
0: I hate guessing when goalkeepers are going to be good or not yeah. because in draft, they do tend to go negative a lot more often than they do in classic fantasy Premier League.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: unless you have David De Gea, or in this year I would have looked at Lucas Sabianski pretty early on because I think he's going to get a lot of save points. Um, unless you have one of the two or three really genuinely good keepers who get points every week, they're all about the same. Like you're going to get a week with a negative two and you're going to get a week randomly with a 12 because they got a clean sheet and a save. Um, yeah. And so to me, I avoid that crapshoot. But I've been in leagues where like at round eight, it'll just be like everyone takes a keeper and just all of the goalkeepers go in a row. Last year, I'm so anti-goalkeeper in draft that last year I won the Tapes draft league with not playing a keeper for most of the year. Oh, really? Um, I just dropped all of my keepers and took an extra midfielder because you can play around with your, form, with your uh, roster that way. Huh. And so to me, it was worth it to have more good midfielder options so that if someone gets hurt or if someone is starting unexpectedly like Bernardo Silva, then I can put them in. Um, Than to have play the yeah. crapshoot game with a goalkeeper who like will go negative every other week. Yeah. Um, in Fantrax, you're not allowed to do that. You have to field a legal formation. Right. So you can't just. I've, I was fielding 10 players most weeks, but I was still winning my matchups because I was just avoiding negative points with goalkeepers. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And having you know when I can pick between two better midfielders, I would up my average points. Um, this year I have to have a goalkeeper, but I did save it till the last round, and I'm just gonna probably rotate around week to week.
2: Yeah, you can definitely stream like goalkeepers just pick up and put down cuz like exactly like Ian said, you know, if you unless you've got people that are going to take two or three goalkeepers in a 10 team league, you should still have 10 starting goalkeepers um to pick from every week. So you can just go by fixture um or you know the one that you think is going to get the the least negative. But yeah, you 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 definitely have to weigh up right you know let's say for example i was picking eighth in my league um and so i got christian Eriksen there who is an amazing pick um for uh, for draft um because he just consistently gets points all the time but then it came around to my second pick and i know then that's pick 13 but i'm not going to pick again until pick 28 so then you've got a figure oh well do I really want this player because I know that they're going to be gone by the time I get to 28. So I ended up taking Wilfred Zaha at 13. Um, Not just because I think he's going to be great. And obviously like personal reasons, but because I knew he wasn't going to be there at 28. And also I don't want to go up against someone with one of my favorite players scoring points against me as well. So, you know, there's kind of that kind of element of also pick who you really want to play. You know, like Oscar said, he goes for a forward early because he wants to, you know, have a strong forward line. Um, because that guy's, you know, that guy's leading your attack. It's kind of psychological for you. You don't want to open it and say, oh, God, my striker one is Peter Crouch. Um,
1: sorry, just to keep picking you. He scored some points for me. Last yeah. fine. Some points. Some, some points. points. Yeah, he, um, he appeared. You
2: know, yeah. But, you know, if you open it and you see, bang, Sergio Aguero's there and he's playing against, um, I don't know, West Ham this week. Yeah. Great. This that's that's already going to be a good week and you can you people can go astronomical like people can go over 50 points in a week yeah. and that's just amazing.
0: Yeah, I had a week where I had Alexis Sanchez on a hat trick and assist and then someone else also on a hat trick and I broke 200 points just off like basically the two of them. Like the two of them combined for well over 100 and then the rest of my team did pretty well. So for me I we'll see how Fantrax is but in Taga I certainly was hoping to get 100 every week. And like 150 on a good week, on a very good week, any week that I had below 100 to me was a, a bad week. Whereas in FPL, like I will, and we'll, we'll move over to FPL I think pretty quickly because we have been on draft for a little while now. Um, but on FPL, I'm, I'm not very good at it. I will definitely have weeks where I get like a 30. But if I got a 30 in draft, like I don't, I don't even know how you would go about doing that unless you just had no players playing. Like a, a good, averagely good player will get 10 every week. Um, and the players that like do really well or someone who has a good week will go to the 20 or 30, right? Um, by themselves. So, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like Chuck said, he took Christian Eriksen in the first round at eighth spot. I guarantee that there were people ahead of him, and arguably I was one of them with Eden Hazard, who took a forward who will score less points than Christian Eriksen over the course of the season, but because... There's so few good forwards, but there's a much deeper pool of midfielders. It makes sense to take a quote-unquote worst player ahead of Christian Eriksen. Like I, I passed up on Christian Eriksen, mm-hmm. even though I know he's one of the like probably one of the five best point getters this season. Um, just because I didn't want to come back to the 13th pick and then the 18th pick, and not have a a good striker to pick from.
2: Yeah. And especially because I knew the guy picking two after me was a Tottenham fan. So there's no way Christian Eriksen would have still been there, you know, for me to go around. So there's all those kind of things to factor in. Um, We'll post up our draft board so you guys can see kind of, you know, all of us. I think all of us have played draft before. So we kind of understand like the scoring systems. So you can see the types of players that go when and where. Um, And obviously gradually, once you get down to the lower rounds, like there's a lot of punts. Like because in theory, you've already got your starting 11. So, you know, we had some people going for Luke Shaw. We had some people going for Toby Alderweireld really late because of the Man United move. Um, personally, I went for Batshuayi really, really late um, as 16 because potentially he could end up being Chelsea's starting striker. I'm not really losing anything at 16th. There's no real value there that I'm really um, missing out on that's going to be a guaranteed starter. So save those kind of spots for, for a few punts as well because um, it makes it a bit more exciting. Yeah, like last year I took
0: Santi Cazorla as my last pick. Mm. On the off chance that he would come back healthy at some point. Yeah, he, obviously yeah, he
2: nearly, nearly lost his leg. So that didn't work
0: But if he had, that would have been a great late round pickup. <laughs> if he had lost his leg or
2: if he hadn't lost his leg?
0: Had come back.
1: Healthy. Oh, right. It did yeah. sound like you were suggesting a Unidexter <laughs> for the... <laughs> well, if they put yeah.
0: those Oscar Pistorius like uh, curved backwards... <laughs> things i feel like that would give him an unfair day
2: <laughs> join us next week when we talk one-legged fpl <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> um before we move on to, to like more classic fpl in our teams there chuck what's your from the draft last night what's one pick that you think was sneaky good from your team like one pick that you were particularly proud of you know in the in the later rounds like obviously getting christian erickson is a great pickup but everybody would know yeah. that.
2: what's one yeah, that you're particularly proud of there's no real sneaky pickup Um, early on Um, I did like getting um, Jorginho in the fifth round I think he's someone who in terms of normal FPL won't be too great but in terms of draft he'll he could get like a lot of points so I was surprised especially as as he's a a shiny new plaything. you know for him to still be on the board after you know Giroud had already gone Murata had already gone from Chelsea Um, I think that was kind of a, a good one that stood out for me um, yeah, that I, I really liked that one, and in the moment I side-texted you, and I was like, ooh, nice
0: pickup. That was a good late one. Um, for me, I got,
2: I think, in You're going to the... have to look quite far down, Oscar. You didn't go <laughs> well I'm... at the first. For all of you saying that you have a clear game plan, taking Riyad Mahrez on an auto-pick in the second round, <laughs> is, it, is that normally in your plans? <laughs> <or>? <laughs> yeah, so I was complaining about this earlier, but the... My
0: computer's audio, I guess, was off because there's mm-hmm. an alarm that goes off when it's your turn to pick. Um, and I went up to get a drink of water and the volume was off on my computer. And by the time I came back, the auto draft, or in other words, the robot on my on the computer system had chosen for me in the second round, taking Riyad Mahrez, which was not my plan, <laughs> to take a rotation risk with my second pick. But I did get Mitrovic in the eighth round. Which, for someone who's going to be starting regularly and gonna bang in a few goals, um, having a striker that's gonna play regularly and has a decent amount of upside, dropping all the way to the eighth round, I was very happy to make that pick.
2: Yeah, the the big big men up front get points,
1: but you mentioned rotation risk. Like, is uh, the fan tracks the same as Togba was last year? That you, when the lineups get announced, you've got time to change your team.
0: Yeah, so you have – that's my favorite thing, honestly, about draft, other than the scoring system, is that you have until one minute before kickoff to change your lineup before a player gets locked in, and there's not a deadline for the entire weekend. Um, So, like, Leicester plays United this Friday, uh, and I have until one one minute before that kickoff to put in or take out United Leicester players from my lineup. After that, they're locked in either on the bench or in the lineup. Mm -hmm. But I can still move around guys that are going to play or not play on Saturday, Sunday. Um, And obviously since it's a minute before and lineups get announced an hour before, I can look up the United lineup and say, oh shit, Jesse Lingard isn't playing this week. I'm going to put him on my bench. Or alternatively, having someone who's a rotation risk is not as much of a risk because you just look for the lineup and you put them in when they start. So one thing that there is like more advanced level strategies that can be built around that. So I took Willian and Pedro with back-to-back picks, I believe, or one two rounds apart, maybe, Um, because normally you would want to stay away from those guys because they're rotation, but they'll rotate for each other. And when Willian plays or alternatively, when Pedro plays, they both get 20 points, right? So I'll just put in whichever one of them is playing and I'll get 20 points out of that spot, as opposed to having a guy who gets seven every week because he's starting regularly, but he doesn't have the upside of that. And now I, you know, I'm getting seven out of that position from that guy playing as opposed to more likely to get 20, even though one of them is riding away with a zero on my bench um, because I can just put in the one that's starting after I look at the lineup. So to me, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, it definitely, it definitely makes draft a, a lot more exciting. The fact that you can, you know, you get that kind of tinker time um, to to pick up and put in players and just kind of weigh up. And whether you want to leave someone in there that is still, you know, I had Anthony Marshall last year. It was a great example that I started him so many times, even when he played on the bench. Um, because he would come on in like the 82nd minute and score a goal um, or get an assist or or do something Um, so you you learn all different kinds of tactics I think it's much more um, much more engaging um, than regular FPL where you kind of set your team and make like one change a week or maybe more if you've saved transfers or you're going for points hits but whereas with draft you can constantly be picking up players that you don't have offering to trade with people as well we haven't even spoken about mm. trades but that can be quite fun trying to convince your mates being like oh go on like you want to take this player because oh uh, I guess I'll take Sergio Aguero for Christian Eriksen because <laughs> Eriksen just got injured but no one's really noticed yet yeah. and you know like all stuff like that and you get to you know you get to have a good good amount of fun with your mates as well
0: yeah thank you To our good friend Raf for giving me Sergio Agüero in a trade last year, uh, because that pretty much was the big thing that won me the Gaffer Tapes League. So,
2: but it's more that you traded two. He gave you two players that went on to have shining seasons, and you traded him like Gabriel Jesus, who got injured the next week, and Will Hughes, who got injured the next week. Yeah,
0: (laughs) and he was at the he was in first place at that point in our league, and I was in like fourth. Um, and that turned around pretty quickly after that I get the
1: feeling he won't like that mention as much as he did the other one
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, he had a good draft last night though yeah so um, so that'll wrap it up for draft Uh, we're going to take a quick break to refill our waters and stretch our legs and when we come back we'll talk about classic FPL and preview the first week of matches for the actual Premier League season woo so we'll see you guys in a bit
2: Hello and welcome back to miles offside podcast where this week we've been talking a little bit more about the fantasy sports uh, that's not unicorn wrestling or quidditch oscar oh shit it's i'm not out then. real
0: i'll have you know as long as we're gonna go on a sidetrack here that i played at the actual quidditch world cup in
2: 2015 <laughs> 15 or 16 um uh, huh? and it
0: was fucking awesome so
2: you played there. you played at the fictional literary based quidditch world cup
0: yes
1: no you know it. it's actually I didn't realize
2: you were in harry potter mate sorry and
1: oh, my son's gonna lose his shit when he finds out yeah no it's actually really really fun in real life like i
0: used to be like oh look at those nerds running around with pipe between their legs or whatever and then a friend dragged me to a practice one time and i was mm. like all right whatever fine i'll go <laughs> And I got there, and they were basically playing rugby and dodgeball at the same time. And I was like, wait, this is fucking awesome. I get to hit people, tackle people, and then throw a dodgeball at their face? Sign me the fuck up. Um, and I fell in love, and it's awesome. So, you know, make fun it's of me just whatever. an
1: excuse to wail on nerds.
0: Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. I'm by far the biggest guy, and I get to just hit people as hard as I can. It's great. You have a hard week at work, Friday night practice, and you just go. You put your your head down, your shoulders down, and you just,
2: you know. Beating, beating someone's face. But we're not talking about that. Yeah, um, We're here <laughs> talking about Fantasy Premier League. Um, we've spoken about the draft format. Um, but Now we're going to go on to the more traditional Fantasy Premier League, the OG game, if you will. The one that you used to have to send in your picks by post or transfers. Ian, did you ever play when it was like that?
1: I must have been playing Fantasy. I mean, there'll be people who've been playing it longer, definitely. But I've been playing about 20 years i think i played started playing the sun's dream team game where you had to phone it in or post it in but i, I think the telegraph was first in this country so there, there'll obviously be people who played that but yeah uh i definitely remember that ke- keying in your uh three digit player codes on a bloody touch tone phone like so and spending about 10 quid entering your team and then spending money doing transfers as well
2: Yeah, in those days, it actually did cost you $100 to set up a team. It
1: was ridiculous, yeah. (laughs)
2: Um, Now, obviously, it's a bit more streamlined, apps and shit um, that are terrible. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I stick to the website because the app is garbage. Yeah. Yeah, the app's never been very good. It's a bit crap. Um, But we figured we'd kind of go through our teams a bit, um, talk some general FPL, because that's how we kind of got to know each other. So... Gents, who wants to start us off with their team? Who's brave enough to go first? We'll start with goalkeepers.
0: Uh, I can start us off. I don't mind. My two goalkeepers, a lot of people tend to go big and just spring for the money on David De Gea or whatever. Um, I have always been of the belief that you should spend as little as possible on your goalkeepers, uh, just like I massively undervalue them in draft. Um, So I have two 4.5 goalkeepers. I like a home and away rotation system meaning at every week I will have one of the two guys who was playing at home, um, and I went for Fabianski and McCarthy. Okay,
2: bold, because you know, McCarthy might not end up playing for Southampton, or he might not be their starting goalkeeper, sorry. So definitely one to keep an eye on since they signed like, I don't know, they paid like 20-something million for a Man City youth goalkeeper. It's Damn. a bit weird. But easy trade, because they're all 4.5 million. Right. Yeah, that's true.
0: And if, honestly, if I end up playing Fabianski every match, I don't mind that he gets a lot of save points. I'm fine with that.
2: Yeah, well, that was that was kind of my logic because same as you, like I didn't want to spend much on my goalkeepers. Like early season, I was very much oh, I'm going to go for like Edison or De Gea. But then I just figured, go cheap, get someone who who can get you saved. So I went, I went for Fabianski as well, and then I literally just picked any 4.0 goalkeeper. So at the minute I've got Arta Boric um, for Bournemouth. So if Begovic does get injured, then you know Boric might play. But I'm just going to play Fabianski every week because it doesn't matter if he's playing against someone like really good. You don't really get that much negative for letting in goals, um, but the amount of saves he could make.
1: He did great last season.
2: Yeah, incredible for Swansea. Like he was playing for Swansea then, and you'd put him in your team. Um, and now he's playing for West Ham who are a better team and have also improved really well I think in in this transfer window for me it just makes sense and he's he's 4.5 like as cheap as you can get for a starting goalkeeper
1: so I have gone for reasons that might become clear I, I had a bit of money to spend so I've gone the opposite I have sort of gone set and forget with Edison so I've got the Man City goalkeeper uh, my other goalkeeper is uh, Ryan, Brighton's goalkeeper, 4.5. I could have gone for a 4.0, but I don't I don't like having a non-playing player in any position to start with. So even though I've gone expensive uh, for my first choice goalkeeper, I'd still prefer a playing goalkeeper for my second one. So, That's fair enough. Yeah, I've gone Edison and Ryan.
0: So question for you, why Edison over De Gea and why Ryan over any of the other 4.5 keepers?
1: Ryan because I like, because uh, Brighton's opening fixtures aren't too bad. I think I, I I can't remember what time frame I looked over, but I think Brighton's fixtures are okay. Uh, so I went with them and um, Edison because he's uh, and every point five makes a difference, and he's five point five. Uh, De Gea I think was six. Um, and also I. While I still think he'll have a very good season, obviously, I don't think he'll replicate quite the heroics that he did last season. So, uh, Edison looks solid to me. Uh, There is apparently a chance that he might miss some matches if his wife gives birth, which is possibly imminent. But uh, that's another reason why I want a playing second goalkeeper. But yeah, Edison will probably be my set and forget.
2: That's fair enough. And I, I, I can totally endorse everything you said. Regarding Because I, I think it's the same. I think De Gea, as we've said last year, like he had such an unbelievable performance um, yeah. where he was just making tons and tons of saves um, and Man United got 18 clean sheets. Edison, who largely went quite unnoticed, um, still got 16 clean sheets and finished like 14 points below. So yeah. you think I had him
1: for a while last season. He did very well for me.
2: Really yeah, my, my only caveat or, or question for you is, do you not worry about not being able to have three City outfield players, like him taking that one is, of those spots?
1: Yeah, exactly. That is the only worry, to be honest, because if City absolutely lose it, like last season and go crazy, then I'm going to want three City attackers. And yeah, that's... But to start the season... I haven't even got three city, you'll see later, but I haven't even got three city players. So at the minute, it's fine. Okay. If it becomes a problem, yeah, I can, but I can do that in one or two moves. I can sort that out. So
0: yeah, I'm with you on that. I only have two right now. Um, yeah. I left 1.0 in the bank. Um, which I guess for our American listeners who maybe aren't as familiar with the FPL setup, the idea is that you're kind of trading players like stocks and bonds. So you have a hundred million budget to work with and you buy a player for a certain value if they do well and they perform and they get popular their price goes up if they don't do well their price goes down and you have to keep it within that hundred million dollar budget um so i'm sitting with one million in the bank so i have 99 spent but one in reserve uh specifically so that if i need to i can bring in that third city player um because the other thing that's different from draft
2: is that you're only allowed up to three players per team maximum so, Ian, why don't, you, why don't you take us through your defence as well? Who's, who's in front of Edison and Ryan for you?
1: So, I'll go from uh, my most expensive down to my cheapest. Um, so, my most expensive is uh, Robertson for Liverpool. I think he's a pretty solid pick. I've seen him in a lot of teams, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, I don't think I'm uh, particularly pulling up any trees there. My next most expensive is Patrick van Aanholt uh, yeah. on Palace. He's 5.5, which I must admit, I feel like I'm spending money for the sake of it there, but we'll see. Uh, it was him. I, I, I originally had Sacco for 5, and then I had an extra point five, and I thought, screw it, let's go for a slightly more attacking chance. Um, I've got... I don't know how to pronounce this. That, that bodes well, doesn't it? Wolves defender Bowley or Bolly, I don't know. Is it... Is Boley. I, I think Polly. of it as Boley, yeah. like Roly-Poly. Okay. Okay. Could Have gone for any of the Wolves defenders. I just thought I'll have uh, stick one of them in for 4.5. I've got Steve Cook for Bournemouth for 4.5, and then, um, and this is actually uh, uh our friend uh, Padful who always retweets us, god love him. Um, Padful who um asked a question about wan Basaka, the Crystal Palace defender, because he's 4.0, and is mm. this right? He's he's played in. Every preseason Palace game, or certainly the vast majority, yeah, pretty so much. He looks like he's going to be starting a 4.0 starting player is pretty rare, so I mean, it, every 0.5 counts. I mean, I've spent it on Patrick Van Helmholtz, <laughs> but um, but yeah, wambasaka if he's going to be playing regularly and starting at 4.0, you've got to have him,
2: yeah, a four, 4.0 starting defender. Um, just to put aside my Palace bias for a minute. Um, a 4.0 starting defender um, who has the potential to be quite attacking um, yeah. and in a in a team that will play quite solid defensively is worth their weight in gold simply because you can spread that money into more effective areas um, around your team. So, yeah. you know, say say for sake of example, you had Patrick van Aanholt and you wanted to drop to wan because they're still in the same defence. One's playing left-back, one's playing right-back. Um, Mm -hmm. The difference between them this season, if they both do really well, can probably be about 30, 40 points. However, if you go up the table towards, say, like your midfield and you're going to improve by 1.5 million, well, that could be that can take you from Mares, who is a bit of a rotation risk, who is going to be a great player, up to Kevin De Bruyne, who's easily going to be one of the top scoring players of the whole thing, or Eden Hazard, who is going to start for Chelsea and there you can get about a fifty points difference almost. Um even more potentially if one of the players goes goes big like they don't like we know they can do. Um, so I think Wan Bissaka is, is a very good pick. I've got him in my team at the minute. He is very much a kind of hipster choice. Um, he is although his his ownership's gone up to eight point three percent so nearly one in every ten teams has him. The only things I will say with it the kind of caveats with the 4 million defender, if they're playing or not, like are you actually feasibly going to put them in your starting lineup? Because I think if you're going to commit to playing a 4 million defender, you probably should go for at least two, at least one more Um 4.0 defender because they'll be in rotation and maybe even a third. Because if you're going to be, playing a 4.0 defender, but not playing like a 5 or a 5.5, then the 5 or the 5.5 isn't really worth it.
1: But it's it's more about having the extra 0.5 to spend elsewhere, but knowing that if you do ever need Wan-Bissaka off the bench, he's actually playing. Granted, yeah, I mean, that's that's what it is for me. Yeah, I'm with that. Like, So you've answered sort of Padfall's question there from a Palace point of view, that he's a good prospect and it does look like he's likely to play. But yeah, for, for me, that's that's what it is. It's just a case of mm. I am unlikely to be playing Wambersacker in the starting eleven very often. But to know that he's a solid two, and I've got that 0.5, as much as it sounds ridiculous. It's only point five million, but I've got it to spend elsewhere. Yeah. You know, and also if he does play regularly, let's say he gets a couple of clean sheets, and he knocks things in, his value will go up. If I yeah, choose the exactly. wild card yeah, and I yeah. get rid of him, I might be able to get cash that yeah. in or whatever you know i th- i think he's a great pick at the minute and the fact that you're you're saying he is a prospect and has been playing i mean yeah i'll take him
0: he's much more likely to go up in value than down starting at 4.0 and being a regular starter on like you said a mid-table team um, and if his value goes up sure it's only going to be 0.1 or 0.2 at a time but you know if you like if you sit down and actually think about it like 0.1 at a time adds up to be a significant impact on your team, on your budget, um, because if you have three guys who go up point two or point three, then all of a sudden you have almost 101 million to play with instead of 100 million to play with. And so that's really the only reason I'd be looking at him. Although, for me, I, I think, Ian, we have a lot of the same teams in our defense, but I went for Van Anholt also um, and not Wan-Bissaka because I like his attacking upside, even though he's, one, he's 5.5. Um, I have Daniels as my Bournemouth coverage because, again... Um, I like his attacking potential, um, and I have David Luiz from Chelsea, who is one of Chelsea's cheapest defenders at 5.5, but uh, he's actually, I think, going to be playing very regularly under Sarri. so I think he, that's a clear place to me where someone is undervalued because of what happened in the past, but not what's going to happen this year. Um, so David Luiz was one of the first names on my sheet, especially in defense, because I think not often are you going to get a 5.5 defender who's starting for a Champions League top four club and especially one that hopefully will get some clean sheets. Although now I'm reevaluating that now that the Keeper's gone and seeing
2: how they played in the Community
1: Shield. But the Keeper's that,
2: in. The Keeper's not gone. The Keeper's in. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs>
1: You're getting zero from Oscar there, mate.
2: God, that's 79 feet. You have no idea. Clearly, Oscar is very tied to FIFA ratings.
0: Well, it's the like, only thing I know about him other than he has a crazy
1: name. Yeah, keeper. Keeper. He's a keeper. <laughs> yeah. um, I've got striker as my forward. <laughs> yeah. Passer as my midfielder.
0: And, and Wenger out wide. Yes.
1: Wenger out. Um Is
2: that all your defense? Sorry, Oscar. Uh,
0: I had Tim Ream and someone named Morrison. (laughs) I don't know who it
2: is. (laughs) Um, Oh, my word. Admittedly, I have paid
0: very little attention to FPL this year. I've been kind of keeping it to draft. And um, more generally, I think I've fell into the trap that happens to a lot of us where I took it way too seriously last year and it just wasn't fun at all. Um, And I have enough stress from my job and my life and if it's fantasy sports and the whole point is that it's a, a fun escape activity to do, but then all of a sudden you're taking it too seriously and you're pouring over articles and listening to 17 podcasts and like getting in arguments with people, like it, it just stopped being yeah. fun. So this year I threw a team together like the day that it opened. I've looked at it like once or twice and I'm, and like I think I put Morrison in there because someone on Twitter told me it was good. I read an article. And I was like, yeah, that sounds good. And then five minutes later, I immediately forgot about it. Um, (laughs) But if he's a bad pick, please tell me. Sean Morrison from Cardiff. I guess he has a lot of attacking upside, I'm guessing.
2: Well, the thing with Cardiff is they're they're kind of... They seem to be being picked as the whipping boys for this year. Now, Warnock is known for being a very sound defensive manager and traditional English... um, Prick. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The Warlock, as the Palace fans uh, call him. Um, such a knob. Yeah, and time and time again, it hasn't really worked in the Premiership. Mm. Um, so, especially early on, like, you know, Cardiff have a lot of really cheap options for a reason. Like, they have yeah. no... Pla- they Oh, wow, I didn't realize this, actually. They have no player that costs more than 5.5 million. In their entire squad? In the entire squad. That's insane. That
0: being said, as you were talking, I literally transferred him out and I (laughs) picked up uh, Pereira from Leicester because I drafted him last night and he looks
2: like a really
0: high attacking upside
2: uh, defender. So I just switched him out. Okay. And my defense, um, so kind of similarly starting from, well, obviously we already know I've got Wan-Bissaka in there because like we said, 4.0, he's playing, he's good for rotation. Um, at the other end of the scale, I've got Benjamin Mendy, um, mm. just because, oh, I like that orgasmic sound right there, Oscar. Um, <laughs> um I bet just you because, do. yeah, <laughs> just one more time, one more time. Sorry. And, um, <laughs> nearly there. Um, just because last season when he came in, he was incredible and it was such a shame that he got injured, um, so quickly um and then obviously he was with france at the world cup weirdly even though he like hadn't played for city apart from like the last few games and the last few games he didn't look good but you know he'd just come back from um from the really bad injury i think it was his acl maybe and so he's come back from france and then looking at him playing against chelsea in the community shield he just looked amazing like just marauding up up the the side of the pitch Um, and obviously he was one of Pep's big signings before that he hasn't got to use yet. So he's kind of like a new toy for Pep almost. So I think he's going to be using, um, bendy, Mendy, like as much as possible. Uh, Yeah. That's a,
0: that's a great pickup. How much does he cost? I don't actually know.
2: Six million. Yeah. That's a bit steep
0: for me. I never spend six on a defender if I, if I don't like like Marcus Alonso, I had that one year that he was insane, but
2: yeah, he is big, but, but I, I, value him higher this year than Azpilicueta and Alonso that are at 6.5, for example. Yeah, um yeah. Tottenham, every single defender is 6 million. I think they have seven Shhh, of yeah. them. Yeah, so Ben Davis, Jan Vertonghen, Kieran Trippier, Davinson Sanchez, Serge Aurier, to- um, Toby Alderweireld, and Danny Rose are all 6 million for Spurs.
0: Damn.
2: And so, you know, to kind of throw that in there as well, stick away from the Spurs defence because... God knows Pochettino loves rotation and 6 million Mm. on a defender is not a risk you want. Like, if it turns out that Mendy is a big rotation, I I could see myself dropping him very easily. I
1: don't think he will
2: be. Unless, yeah. I think Pep's playing
1: him. I I think think so. Yeah.
2: But, you know, the only reason I'd keep him is if if when he's going to play, he's going to go huge. So I'm happy with that and I'll just leave him in my team. You know, he's cheaper than Nicholas up to Mendy. He's cheaper than Kyle Walker
1: on the same team. Um, so, yeah, I think, uh, you know. I'd, definitely the best value way into that back line other yeah, than Edison. But for yeah. sure.
2: Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of where I went with it. I Like you said before with the 0.5 can go a long way. I took my 0.5 from Edison and turned it into Mendy. Yeah. Um, that's just where I went. Um, and then 5 million, I've got um, Sacco, Mamadou Sacco. Um, I yep. did want to have Van Arnholt for the same reasons that you guys have said, um, but Sacco is an absolute bonus points demon in this game. Yeah. We've spoken about bonus points earlier in this game and how it's a bit more of a metric of how someone contributes to the team's performance um, and in other ways. So if we look at for defenders last year, the top bonus points getter was um, Azpilicueta
0: mm-hmm.
2: and he played... He played 37 games, like 37 full games, so three 3,330 minutes, and he got 25 bonus points from over 3,000 um, minutes. Mamadou Sakho, he got 18 bonus points from less than 1,600 minutes. That's crazy. Yeah, so you know how he much hardly does he cost? Played... I might pick him up. He costs five million, so he's 0.5 cheaper than Van Aanholt. Um, he he looks really good going forward again, like as a Palace perspective um injury is a bit of a worry him and James Tompkins in their last 20 games when they've played together in defense um Palace haven't lost so that's just a little Palace stat there for you um yeah so I really like the look of him um coming into my team and so that's why I kind of put him there that he's got he's got the attacking potential um bonus points he he can get really easily um and then the last spot is a 4.5 that I'm i Keep putting people in and out. But at the minute, I've got Kiko Firminia for Watford. Mm -hmm. um, Just because I've seen somewhere that he's playing out of position.
1: Their fixtures aren't bad as well.
2: Yeah, their fixtures aren't too bad. Yeah, so they start off with Brighton, Burnley, Palace. Um, Then they've got Spurs, United, uh, then Fulham, then Arsenal. So not great. But then after that, Bournemouth, Wolves, Huddersfield, Newcastle, Southampton. So...
1: You could, oh, you could ride that out, I think,
2: yeah. Yeah, I think so. And for 4.5, it's not too bad. I mean, that yeah. that could still change. There's, you know, other options I could go. I could even, like we said about it so many times, drop him down 0.5 and find another 4.0 in there. But yeah, that's that's my back line. So yeah, so that kind of wraps up the defence and goalkeepers. Now we kind of get into the real meat of the teams um, and the midfield, where you can start to splash the cash a little bit more um personally i don't know about you boys but i had to go with mo salah in the midfield at 13 mil yep i have him
1: yep me too
0: there's no way there's (laughs) no way to avoid Um, it really like with how many players are going to be out at the beginning of the year from the world cup and all that like he's must have
2: yeah yeah world cup was definitely a huge factor in mine. like when i first did the teams i kind of I talked myself out of Salah and left him out for a long time. And you, you can build like a really, really good team, but he's 13 million and he's 50% owned. Oh, like yeah. I, I, I cannot remember he's 52.7 right now. And I, I think that's going to go more. I reckon
1: that will, yeah, that will go up. Before.
2: Yeah. Cause there's going to
0: be a lot of people in the next 24, or 48 hours who are
2: making last minute yeah. teams and they're going to put him in. Yeah. I, I can't remember ever seeing a player that highly picked. Coming into a season
1: and the downside of not owning him is really bad in comparison to the upside because like if salad doesn't do well all of us owners like within a few games if we want to we can jump off of him and spread the funds do <laughs> whatever
2: oh god that is the hardest thing in the world to do though fuck
1: yeah really. <laughs> yeah absolutely of course but what but if you don't own him and he continues on the form he did last season he will go up in value unbelievably his ownership will rise more and mm-hmm. you just you've got to do a hit just to get him in then and you're playing catch up anyway yeah so for me it's just it's just mitigating risk you've got to have him because the uh, the potential downside is really bad so yeah, just, just get him. Just get him. <laughs> just Forget about it. Build the rest of your team. Just don't. Just do it.
2: Yep. If you take one thing from any of this, it is have Salah in your team. Like, trust me, I've been playing this game for years. Um, it's not fun to have players that are really highly picked and you don't have them and they keep scoring because you keep thinking you're going to go for a clever pick somewhere or other. Like, I did it a few years ago and didn't swallow my pride and get in Vardy and Mahrez And. It just
1: ruined my season. He's so highly owned and he'll be so highly captained that if you own him and don't captain him and he scores, you'll probably still go down in rank. Yeah, absolutely. So you you ha- you know, you can easily hop off him if you need to, but it's gonna be much harder to get on him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Row up, Oscar. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, I so, I mean, I learned my lesson on that the same as you guys did in, uh, for me, it was Robin Van Persie. That season at oh United, God. when he first transferred over from Arsenal, I yeah. refused. I was like, I'm not spending 13 <laughs> million or whatever he cost for a yeah, striker. He like
2: 13 or 14 or something. I think it was 13 19. and a half, if I remember correctly. Oscar,
1: that season, my team was called Robins Too Pricey.
2: <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> there you go.
0: And uh, I held out.
1: I, oh, I did too. I was so stubborn
0: about it and it fucked me over so hard. Yep. That whole season. Probably my that, worst season. Yeah, same. Definitely my worst season. So I learned that lesson and ever since then if there's someone who's like 12 million and they're 50% picked I'm like, alright, <laughs> I'm doing it. Like last year I didn't want to have Kane but I would just bring him in for large portions of the season because yeah. you have to. Like you just have
1: to. Um, yeah, take your risks elsewhere.
0: Right, exactly. So, I, so aside from Salah... Who um, who are some like cheap picks that you guys are looking at as being really good, and who are those like nine, 10 million picks that you're looking
2: at? Um, so for me, the big factor in the midfield, like we said uh, a minute ago, was like who didn't play in the World Cup or get deep runs. So before I put Salah in, the first two people in my team were Mkhitaryan and Sane, um, just because they've both had the summer off, um. And they're looking they' you know they're looking very likely to be having starting berths for their teams. Um, Mkhitaryan, I think is criminally underpriced at seven million as well. Um, so you know if he doesn't perform massively, then you'd not worry too much about his price tag. but if he goes off, like he could yeah. go absolutely mental and be such a good value pick um I think for his price. um Sane, obviously we all know what Man City can do. And compared to you know he's he's 0.5 more than Mares, but he's 0.5 less than KDB, and he's amazingly one and a half million less than Sterling, which I think you know Sterling it was lovely last year, mate. But see you later. Like, yeah, I, he's I way overpriced myself. this year. Yeah, definitely.
0: Way too expensive. I'm getting I have sonny on my team also, and I I I'm getting cold feet about it, and I don't know why. I can't put my finger on it. I think maybe it's because I drafted Mares last night, and so I've just spent the last twenty four hours talking myself into him being (laughs) a regular starter because of that auto draft computer pick. Yeah. Um, But the more I look at Sane, the more I'm like nine point five million for someone who I don't know is necessarily starting every week, especially once everybody's back and healthy for City. That's Mm -hmm, a huge investment. And now you just said Mkhitaryan for seven. I'm like, he is not two point five million worse than Sané is, turn a 5.0 midfielder into another seven seven point 7.5 midfielder. And I don't know. I'm just talking myself out of Sané right now. I don't really know why.
1: I, I haven't seen a lot of teams with him in, like on Twitter and stuff. I've really – I've not seen Sané in a lot of teams. Not that that necessarily means anything, but
2: – No, it's 16, 16% picked. Really? Yeah.
1: Okay, so among the sort of FPL Twitter community – he doesn't seem to be a name that's bandied around a lot anyway.
2: No, and you compare it with Mkhitaryan, Mkhitaryan's 15.1. Wow.
1: Yeah, So okay.
2: That's,
0: so really that's a close. huge differential right there.
2: So yeah, so as I've mentioned, um, going with Salah in the midfield and then kind of I step my midfield down. Sané, who more and more now looks like he's going to bite the bullet tonight. Um, who you who are you going to drop him out for then? Because oh, I'm probably dropping him this, out too. We don't have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> i could go for hours i'll just start i'll just start browsing now and then we're going to be recording for five hours then i've got Mikatarin at seven million and then i've gone for two kind of who i think are going to be high upsides uh potentially picks from um the promoted teams so i've got helder costa from wolves because it looks like he's still going to be um starting in their team potentially on the wing um but you know i, I like i said before um I can easily drop him out for someone else should I need to. And then I've gone for Tom Kearney for Fulham because he seems to be a kind of more of a pivotal playmaker for them uh, in recent years. And for 5 million, like, they're not too bad. Um, if you go, if you drop to 4.5 in midfielders, like, you're going off a cliff and you're not really going to find anyone there.
1: So just a quick one, because I, I think you can talk for ages about this and I, I largely find it boring. But because of the midfield you've said there, are you playing a 4-3-3?
2: Um, it can kind of rotate between three four three. I do have three starting forwards basically. Um, okay. Go go between three four three or a four three three. Um, okay. Obviously, if Wolves and Fulham's fixtures aren't great, and it still leaves me with a strong uh, strong midfield. Yep. Um, potentially yeah. three five two as well.
0: I'm looking at the same thing three four three sometimes a four three three because I have a Fulham and a Wolves midfielder also. Um, although I have Shirla and Ruben Neves, um, and then. My other good midfielder, um, and this is a probably a homer pick, um, but I do think it's someone who's going to go under unnoticed, and that's Pedro at 6.5. Um, he okay. has been pretty good in preseason. Willian has only featured in a couple of things. He came back late um, because of the World Cup, and I do think Pedro is going to be the preferred starter at least early on. And at 6.5, having a Chelsea winger who can score quite a few goals when he's playing regularly. Um, And I'm keeping that $1 in the bank in case I want to turn him into Bernardo or Mkhitaryan, I guess, would be a good option there. Um, Okay. In case that doesn't pay off, that's a little bit of a sort of
1: a punt I'm taking. Here's another one I have seen in no teams. It sounds like, Oscar, you're either going to fly or you're going to crash and burn.
0: Yeah, so I I did not go – specifically, I didn't look at Twitter and I didn't really look at a lot of articles when I built this team. I just looked at the player list. And I was like, "Yep, these are the guys I'm picking." Um, there were a couple of guys where I was like, "Oh, I need some random 4.5 defender. Let me go on like fantasy football scout and see who they say are the good 4.5 defenders or whatever." Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the most part, I just picked this team off my gut. Um, Fair enough. Because again, I'm just trying to have
2: fun with it this year. So I'm kind of, yeah. I'm enjoying it. There's nothing worse than one thing I will say as well. Like you said before, if you overthink it, or you start to ask different people for advice, or you start to go if exactly off of what a certain page on Twitter does tells you to it's just not going to be as fun because ultimately it's not you playing if something goes wrong people and it it happens because you can see it on twitter because it can be a horrible place you know people getting angry at other people saying oh you gave me a shit tip you know it's like you make pressed, your own decisions uh, exactly and you, you can you save
1: it. team on it didn't you mm-hmm yeah, or absolutely. you didn't,
2: or you forgot to, like some people say they yeah. did. Anyway, <laughs>
1: let's not get into that.
2: But, um, Iam, how about how's your midfield rounding off after after Salah?
1: So yeah, just to give you a wider like um, a wider context, I have taken FPL very seriously in the last few years, and I do feel like I want to have a bit more fun with it this year. So, I've spent a bit more on goalkeepers, and I have spent a bit more on midfield. And I've tried to go a little bit left field, other than Salah. So Salah's not going anywhere. Bang down the middle. Yeah, <laughs> my second, second most expensive midfielder is Sanchez. Oh, um, wow! I have not seen him in a great deal of teams. He, as we we've spoke about before, he's had a break this summer, which he has not usually had. I think he could go, he could go crazy this season. So I've got him. Third is Mares. I think I think he will play enough to justify him. Uh, hey. Nine million. <laughs> yeah, I thought you'd be happy <laughs> with that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's my sort of big three in midfield, and that's quite expensive. But I'm every time I build a team that doesn't have them, I'm like, oh, it doesn't look as fun. So I, I want yep. those three. And then my fourth midfielder is a nostalgia pick. I've gone Sigurdsson. It could be a really good pick, like if Everton go off. I like their opening fixtures, and everyone else has gone Richarlison. Yeah, everyone has had Richarlison. Exactly. So, now, you know, I know I'm exposing myself to risk by going differently with Sanchez, Mares, Sigurdsson, but I feel like Playing a little bit less conservatively than I have been. So Sigurdsson's uh, my fourth midfielder. And then, yeah, I've got a cheapie in fifth. I've got uh, Watford's Hughes, who I don't really know a lot about. But uh... And then
2: Milky Bar Kid. Is he? Well, just Google him. Just Google him and you'll, you'll see OK, I'll do um, that. <laughs> so, wow. So you do have quite a lot of money in your midfield.
1: Yeah. Makes you wonder well, where I'm losing money, doesn't it?
2: We can't sit on the edge of our seats anymore, Ian. Tell us, what is your front line?
1: So my front line is cheap because my midfield <laughs> and my goalkeepers are expensive. So I've gone for a front line of Anatovic, Mitrovic and Zaha.
2: Oh, I thought it was going to be three itches then.
1: <laughs> no, sorry, no. Is there <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, no Aguero, no Aubameyang. And I reserve the right to change that. But mm-hmm. at the minute, all of those three look great value really yeah. good value yeah so it, I could I could have a I could have two premium forwards and one of those and then really like pair down my midfield or I could have one of them but then if they're such good value and I genuinely think all three of those at that because uh, Anatovic and Zaha are seven Mitrovic is 6.5 I think they're really good value so I just want all three of them and then I'll spend the money in midfield and have a bit of fun with it and yeah. I've not usually done that but yeah i'm I, I look at that team and i think that that looks like death or glory <laughs> i fancy yeah. it this season
0: my only concern is you're locking yourself into having budget forwards at that
1: point yeah yeah like it is if concerned. you're absolutely you right would change yeah. your
0: mind on that it's going to take two or three months yeah. to bring in aguero or bring in Kane after august is done or whatever
1: that's what a wild card's for
0: oh yeah <laughs> fourth week wild card. Yeah, but yeah, pulling exactly.
2: the trigger on that second week wild card. Yeah, so best. many
0: years, I can't even tell. Oh, you.
2: like eight weeks of pouring over spreadsheets and picking up and dropping players to then go wild card.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: turns out I don't have any starters, so yeah.
1: <laughs> but you've got it to use, so yeah. If if this is an if this is just an absolute nightmare, then yeah, I can always wild card. But uh yeah, I fancy having a bit of fun with it this year, so I've um, gone a bit crazy with my forward line.
0: I, I actually really like your team because I have two of the same three forwards. Ivar okay. Natovich and Zaha. Um, yep. and then I have Aguero as my third because I generally live by the rule of if Aguero is healthy, you gotta have him in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
1: not a bad just, rule to live by. I from. just
0: love Aguero on fantasy. I, yep. he's won me a couple of draft leagues. Just love, love, love Aguero. Yeah, uh-huh.
2: he's he's a great player in that way because you know if he's fit, he's going to score points. And then the great yeah. thing is like if he's going to be injured for four weeks, just dump him. And then the second you see him come back, just bring him straight back.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what I always
2: do. So if you look at his um, rankings last year for forwards, he was the fourth highest scoring. Um, So he got like 169 points, but he paid like just shy of 2000 minutes. You go 12 points up to Firmino and he played 800 minutes more. Yeah. So nearly like nine games more yeah, yeah. Firmino played, and he only got 12 points. So Aguero's playing yep. less, but he's so explosive that you know he's just going to go off if you have him in. So I, I can agree with that. And I have him in my team for that exact reason. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, he's a great pick, no doubt.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He's fantastic. It pisses me off that they don't have points per 90 as one of the things that you can sort by. Yeah. They have points per game, but that's stupid because if a guy comes off the bench and gets two minutes, that counts as a game, as much as a full yeah. 90 does. They should just make it points yeah. per 90, because then you actually get a sense of how good they are. But whatever. Um, that's just a stats complaint. <laughs> um, just listening to you talk, Stimmers, I am considering um, downgrading either Arnatovic or Zaha to Mitrovic. So yep. that, that if, if it's either one of them, I think it would probably be Arnatovic. Um, so that then I can turn Sané into Sanchez. Um, Because I also yeah. remember spending a solid hour being like, how can I get Sanchez in this team? Um, and I was going back and forth between Sala and Sanchez and never even thinking about moving Sané. But yeah. now I'm kind of switching on that. And I'm like, well, I'm going to keep Sala in. Do I try to turn Sané into Sanchez? And that might be one way to do it, is to downgrade.
1: I mean, I'm being slightly swayed by the fact that Obviously, the first fixture is Man United Leicester on the Friday night. And I know if Sanchez goes crazy, I'll be close to number one. That's all I need. <laughs> yeah. Game week one. Game Still one. Armband on so him, you're catching it. Sure. You, you're putting your armband on. No, yeah, of course I'm not fucking putting it on Salah.
2: I'm not an idiot. I did say there's no obligations, but you're going to put the armband on Sanchez, right? No, of course
0: not. <laughs> yeah, can we get that on the record? That's got to be it, it. It is so. <laughs> Definitely.
1: No, no. Obviously, it's going on Salah. But um, yeah, that's. I mean, that yeah, that's part part of the reason I've got Sanchez is just because I think it it's, uh, it looks like such a fun pick, mm. um, and I can afford him based on a dirt cheap forward line.
2: Chuck, who do you have? Um, so I've kind of gone slightly more premium um, to you guys, so it's kind of a nice balance between everyone. So like I just said, I've got Agüero, um, I've got a Bummy Young in at the minute, just because. I think Arsenal, you know, they're very exciting at the minute. We're not quite sure how they're going to be, but um, Aubameyang in attack looks to be kind of dead cert there. And I think whether he's playing as a striker or if it is rumoured that he's going to be playing as left wing, I think he could still get a lot of points. Um, And Arsenal's run, obviously at the start, they've got Man City first game, which isn't great, but it's one game. You can have a a player for one game and still play him. Like, it's not that bad. And players like Aubameyang um and we will say this like your high-end premium players like you get them in because they can do the business so it doesn't really matter who they're playing like I'm not going to drop Aguero just because they're playing Man United that week
1: yeah exactly those those strikers should be fixture proof shouldn't they yeah absolutely fixture proof and so he's
2: got Man City they've then got Chelsea who sorry Oscar but obviously they haven't looked great so I disagree
0: that's right. <laughs> um, so
2: I'd expect them to get some goals against them potentially, and it can come from him. And then their run is West Ham, Cardiff, Newcastle, Everton, Watford, Fulham, Leicester, Palace. They've got some really good fixtures um, coming up. So and and I just kind of like you said with the fun kind of thing. I want to be part of this. Uh, if if Arsenal go off, I want to be a part of it. Um, and I think with Mkhitaryan and Bamang, their their connection is very good. So potentially could double up. Um, And then third pick, I've also gone, I've gone for like slightly cheaper um, and definitely a left field since he's currently 0.9% picked. Um, And that's um, Benteke. Nice. Yes. Uh, The reason, the simple reason I have gone for him is, so everyone will judge him massively on last year, but I think last year was a blip. I think it's different to how he's been. You know, if you look at, you know, he got three goals and seven assists, um, which isn't good for him, but it's the highest assist he's had ever in his career in the Premier League. Um, those were pretty much all down the stretch as well. So the second half of the season, so, you know, had a good second half. But then the season before, he scored 15 goals. Season before that, when he played hardly at all for Liverpool, he got nine goals and four assists. The season before that, he got 13. The season before that, 10. The season before that, 19. I think in terms of regression to the mean he should be due god i fucking hope so um to start scoring scoring goals again um and i think in pre-season he's looked very very good he's fitter than he's ever been um he's just good and i like him same reason like i like having him in my team so i've gone for him ahead yeah. of zaha um just another one 0.5. if he scores
1: you will fly up
0: yeah that's that's a ballsy pick man that is a
2: ball yeah pick. but that's you know you can the reason I've done that is because I've got kind of stability in a lot of places. Um, you know, Aguero and Abameyang should always play. Salah should be dead on. Mikatarian should be. Sané is a bit of a risk. Mendy will start. Sacco will start. Um, one of my defenders will start. So it's kind of a bit more of a maverick pick. And, and you need that. You need that as well. Like you can't just pick, you know, you can pick the highest owned people and the most popular and watch yourself go up every week and not do anything or like you guys said you can have a bit of fun with it and have those clever picks it's just you know not picking an entire team and the highest percentage owned is like five percent which i have done in previous years which is not (laughs) fucking clever because you try and be (laughs) clever in too many places and then you just plumb it yeah so that wraps up kind of a bit of a dive into our fantasy teams and a little bit of our logics for it um whether they be completely wrong or not i'm sure you'll tell us uh, if you want to send us your teams as well and, and share the love a bit or you know, we can have a chat about your teams and feel free to send those to us on Twitter at Um We'll probably be posting our teams up every week as well. Um, I know I will on my personal page um, so you can rip the shit out of me when I'm 17 millionth in the world out of 5 million players. Does the math, does not check out. <laughs> yeah, that's how bad I am. I break math. Um, <laughs> but of course this all means that Premier League is back this weekend. It's amazing. It feels like we've hardly had any break at all. But it also feels like it was so long ago. Premier League's back! <laughs> yeah! Kick-off. <laughs> kick-off. Friday night kick-off. Not a fan. Just going to say right now, not a fan. Nope, Let's move past me it. Me either. Not a fan. Friday night, Monday night. Both shit. Um, yep. Start off with Man United-Leicester. Then on the Saturday, we've got newcastle spurs Bournemouth, Cardiff, Fulham, Crystal Palace, Huddersfield, Chelsea, Watford, Brighton, Wolves and Everton. Then on the Sunday, we've got Liverpool, West Ham, Southampton, Burnley and Arsenal City. Any fixtures in particular stand out for you? One, one that you'll definitely be keeping an eye on this weekend, guys?
0: Um, well, for me, I'm going to be in Paris sightseeing with my beautiful wife. So, Won't actually get to watch any of the opening matches, but I will obviously read up as much as I can about Chelsea's performance against Huddersfield. And if I can catch the highlights when we get back to the hotel of Arsenal, Man City, like that is the standout fixture of the weekend. I think that should probably be very fun to watch. Arsenal get destroyed by Man City because it's always hilarious when Arsenal get destroyed by anyone.
2: For me, I think just because, uh, you know, again, Arsenal, Man City, obviously, um, but I think for two kind of unknowns, I think the Wolves-Everton game is quite interesting. I think mm. just to see, because Wolves, again, obviously, you know, they just signed Adama Traore. Potentially, by the time you listen to this, they will have signed Leander Dendonca as well. Um, they've signed pretty much every Portuguese player. Um, all for very, very cut price budget prices. Let's not get into it. Don't pull at that thread, guys. Um, And Everton, obviously, are out of the Allardyce and Koeman shadow, and now with Marco Silva, um, who is obviously a very attacking manager. So I think that one could be quite interesting.
0: Yep, and you didn't say it, but I'm also going to try to at least keep up with Fulham Crystal Palace because I think, same as Wolves, Fulham have made a lot of very interesting moves this summer. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, especially my boy, Andre Scherla, former Chelsea boy, uh, German as well. So it was a great purchase. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to see how that goes. Obviously palace is your team. So I have somewhat of a vested interest in them doing either poorly or well. I haven't decided which one I want more, but I certainly care about the result one way or another. So.
1: So were you watching a stream of Peterborough Bristol Rovers, were you, yeah? yeah.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I don't couldn't. even think I, I could get,
0: get, get that if I wanted to.
1: No,
2: I was on a train and it didn't have Wi-Fi. Um, uh, no. What a nightmare for you. No, it was awful. Okay. I had to just follow yeah. on teletext. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, One for the
1: teenagers.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, we've done teletext and telegraph fantasy. There we go. One for the old timers there. Yeah, quite. Cashing in on that silver dollar. <laughs> um, so that wraps us up really for this week. with uh, talking about fantasy sports and also the upcoming games. Um, the one last game that you guys can get involved with that we still have going is our Predictor League. So we're up to about 10, 11 entrants right now. And a few more people, I'm still waiting on their team sheets back. So all you have to do is send us your picks, 1 to 20, of how you think the league's going to go this year. Um, we'll enter it into the spreadsheet. And we'll keep track of that and keep posting that throughout the season. Um, Like I said, we will be keeping that open until the end of the international break. So for those of you who follow fantasy football, that's game week five. For those of you who use the Gregorian calendar, that'll be uh, Saturday the 15th. Um, (laughs) Is it Gregorian calendar? I don't fucking know. That sounds Um, right, doesn't it? Sounds good. Sounded good. Should have just left it. Bollocks. (laughs) Um, So yeah, 15th of September. Like we said, either email us at milesoffsidepod at gmail.com or send us a DM on Twitter at milesoffsidepod.
1: Yeah, and just for as a little bit of admin as well, Oscar, as we've mentioned a couple of times, is on his travels, and uh, we are hopefully going to meet up with him. So, in, But instead of recording a podcast, we're probably just going to get drunk. So uh, it may not be until after game week two that we pod again, just to let you know, so you're not expecting anything from us. But also, I mean we might release something on the day that Oscar is over that's just recorded on my iPhone. Sorry about that.
0: How many times have I gotta tell you to stop sending out our private videos that we record together?
1: <laughs> I fear for our Twitter feed that day, Oscar.
2: Whatever, <laughs> I'm very excited to get to hang out with you guys in sunny old London. But anyway, that that's us done. So like we said, best of luck in your in your fantasy seasons, um in with your FPLs and if you're doing drafts and also to all your respective teams if you are an american listener and you have uh picked a team that you're going to follow for this the year then get in touch with us and and we'll kind of try and name drop that a bit as well to see how you're getting on and yeah so we won't be back next week unfortunately but we will be with you the week after that to kind of review the first couple of game weeks of the football calendar premier league is back boys come on Ooh. Woo! Thank you very much for listening, guys, and goodbye.